Hey, it's Casey Cheshire from EO Boston. It's an honor for my team at Ringmaster to partner with EO Atlanta to produce this great podcast. If you're interested in an experience share around what it takes to launch a podcast, how to be a better host, or a great guest, shoot me an email at casey at ringmaster.com. And now back to the show. Entrepreneurship is hard. So let's fix that and dive into our hero's journeys. This is Taking Flight, an entrepreneur's journey, and I'm Sarah Torville. Join me as we delve deep into the passions, expertise, and experiences of those already in flight. This show is sponsored by EO Atlanta. Hello, and welcome everybody to the Atlanta, EO Atlanta's Taking Flight podcast. It's another fresh new week with a fresh new guest, and I'm really excited to have our guest on the show today. Um, He is a top service provider. Uh, He has the ability to communicate complex concepts and always exceeds expectations. He provides exceptional service. He is the co-founder and CEO at Twine K12, the president at Aptiris, and franchisee of Foot Solutions, which we're going to hopefully hear a little bit about today. It's Gary Falcon. Thank you, Sarah. Great to be here. Wonderful to be here and so many things that you're involved in, Gary, I don't know how you do it all, like you are an on- a serial entrepreneur as we're going to be finding out about today. So, um, Well, thank you. Yeah, it certainly keeps keep, keep, keeps me busy, but um, I, you know, I love it. It's, it's fun to have all the activity. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if an entrepreneur really knows how to not be busy. So you might right. as well be doing it on things that you love. <laughs> so, um, well, I really want to, I, I always promise our listeners and our viewers that we're going to get straight out of the gate with some really strong insight and knowledge. And so I'm excited to ask you this first question, Gary, which is what did you get right when you took your first flight into your entrepreneurial journey? Tell me what went right or what what didn't go right. You can answer that either way. It's up to you. Sure, sure. So, you know, there, there are really two things I think that we got right that were really important. Um, and the first was a, a focus on, on just really making our customers happy, mm-hmm. um, making sure that we had a quality product, that we really knew our stuff. We were experts in our industry and we were executing really, really well. And that went a, a, a long way. It was really important for us. Um, but the second piece, which is probably even more important, was just having really believing in what we were doing, having this intense, incredible enthusiasm and, um, you know, not not necessarily uh, having, you know, not not having an MBA, not coming from a business background necessarily. Um, having that belief and that enthusiasm, I think, was more important to winning over clients early on and even attracting staff. Because yeah. right. um, when you're on a mission and you believe in what you're doing, other people will, it, it pulls other people along. So I think those, those two things were really important and helped us uh, hopefully get through, um, I think, a lot of the bumps that we hit uh, you know, where, where there were challenges, yeah. right? It, it, it afforded us a lot of grace. That's a great point. I've not actually heard anyone say it like that, but you're right. I mean, I, I do agree with you when you've got that vision, that confidence comes through, but how did you, where did that vision come from, Gary? Like, did you, had you always envisioned this business or what, what was it, which was really kind of spurring you and driving you on that you could actually see it? Yeah, you know, it was really it was a belief in the product, and so when when uh, Aptiris launched, we were a service provider. We were providing um, training, sales services, implementation around a software product for collaboration, and this is a software product that I had been using at Emory University, 
And I had seen firsthand the impact that the software had. It built community and created relationships and changed the dynamic of what was going on at Emory University at the time that I was there. Um, and so it was easy for me to be an evangelist for this because I had seen this transformative effect from having been able to connect people online in this really, what at the time was a really unique way. So when we went out and we started talking with other folks about it, or really we were getting inquiries from other people, but we went out and talked about it, it was really easy to sort of lean on this experience and say, well, here's what we did at Emory and this is the impact that it had. Right. Um, so right. it was really about that lived experience. Yeah, and that's great that you can make reference to Emory too, because there's so much credibility in that name. So it, yeah. it didn't hurt, yes. No, yeah, it definitely sure. didn't hurt. I'd love to hear that. So, so on your journey, Gary, like have there been any kind of really important co-pilots for you? Uh, there have been so many. Um, it's, it, 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 you know, I was reflecting a little bit on where the company has been. Um, this is our 25th year. So we've, we've been around for a while. Um, that's an and anniversary. Some of the, that's an anniversary. We have yes. to celebrate yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. My God. Right. For sure. 25 years in business. And as you're, yeah. And running your own business, that's very impressive. Well done. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Um, yeah, you know, there are a, a few that stand out, right? Um, the, the first and probably most important who kind of launched me into this to begin with um, was uh, a, a friend of mine named Sean. Um, he and I were working at Emory together. He's the one that kind of pull, pulled me into the education technology side of things. Um, right. I had been working in the biology department there and um, was using the software as an end user. And he said, well, how would you like to come and you know talk with other faculty and get them using this software? And so um, I, I uh, took a position with him. And what I appreciate about Sean and what I really learned from him, he is somebody that is really an out-of-the-box thinker. Like you meet these people who just inherently, they see the world differently than other right. folks. Yeah. And, and he is somebody that never let convention hem him in, right? So it didn't matter what, what everybody else did, what everybody else thought. If he saw something and he saw an opportunity or he saw it differently, he was going to act on that. And it was it really opened my eyes, right, mm -hmm. to, um, you know, not just in business, but in life, the way yeah. that you can approach things and right. really think think differently about it. Right. And so um, he was a, a really, really important um, co-pilot, I suppose, right? Yeah. Um, and he brought me in because while, while he was great on the vision side, it actually, uh, you know, kind of it's, uh, there, there's a book called Rocket Fuel. Right. Um, that talks about how a lot of great companies have this combination of what they call a visionary, and I think their terminology is an integrator, right? Yeah. They talk about the visionary and, and integrator roles. Um, and and I think the book in some ways creates maybe a little bit of a false dichotomy. I think there are people that can do a little bit of both. Um, but very clearly in this in this case, Sean had the vision and was kind of the, the, the big idea person. Mm -hmm. um, and I was able to come in and do the relational side of things and create systems and put right. together sort of a reproducible program that allowed us to build and scale this. Right. And so we started that at Emory. And then as uh, as Emory began getting inquiries from other schools, like, well, what is this thing that Emory has? Sean was the one that said, well, you know, we ought to have a relationship with this vendor. And we started, you know, going on weekends right. and taking vacation time and basically started this as a side hustle. Right. right. Um, helping other schools set up the, the same kind of system that Emory had. Right. So had it not been for Sean, um, this, yeah. you know, this thing probably wouldn't have started. Yeah. Um, Is yeah. So he had the vision and you were like, like I've had, you know, the implementer, the integrator, 
you need both to be successful. You can't just be visionary. You can't just be one without the other, can you? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So um, is Sean still around today? So he, he's not. And in fact, it was really kind of short lived. So we, we, we launched this. We did. We set up a number of other schools um, on this platform. And um, just a couple of years after we started, he took a position with this vendor that we were working with. Right. Um, and uh, around that time, uh, there is a big school system here in Atlanta that began looking at the software. And I left Emory and said, I'm going to go ahead and pursue this full time. We started working right. with DeKalb County Schools back in 2000. Right. Um, and that that allowed this to be a, you know, a full time venture for me. I wound up often opening That's office amazing. space and creating a training yeah. center okay. and you know, so he went and did his own thing and you went and did your, you took that idea that you were both running together, started at Emory, and then you took it and you made a business out of it. Absolutely. Yes. And is that the business, is that Twine K-12? So it's, no, we've pivoted a number of times. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for the first decade or so of the company, we were really focused on being a systems integrator and implementer right. for this, this uh, collaboration package that they had at, at, at Emory. Mm -hmm. Um, partway through that journey, we realized, um, and actually it was another, uh, in thinking about co-pilots, mm -hmm. um, I, I believe actually that almost everybody that we've interacted with has been a co-pilot in one way or another. Yeah. There is a customer that we were working with um, up in Ohio, um, outside of Columbus. His name is Keith. And he was the IT director for a small school district, maybe eight or 10 schools. And he and I... Um, he, he became actually a really good friend, um, but but he is somebody else who, again, he was an entrepreneurial thinker yeah. and he understood the value of what we were doing. He loved our software and I had been up there a number of times to help with training and getting his staff up and running. Mm -hmm. And he was kind of giving me a hard time one day. He was saying, you know, your business model is terrible. I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, you come up here. And you give me and my staff all the information on how to run these systems. So we don't need you anymore. Yeah. Right. And, and, and he meant it as a joke because obviously yeah. you know, we, we had a long-term relationship. We, we had done a lot of work with them, um, but it sparked that idea. He's like, you know yeah. what, Keith, you're, 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 you're right, yeah. actually. Yeah. Um, and it pushed my thinking a little bit to realize that we needed a recurring revenue model. And yeah. so yeah. about 10 years in, we began getting into hosting. This also happened to be when people were looking at cloud computing and weren't mm -hmm. necessarily wanting to maintain their own data centers. Mm -hmm. um, so... Again, I think in, in a lot of ways you get this direction. Um, maybe, maybe they're navigators rather than co-pilots, yeah. but you know, good, listening yeah, to the folks right. that are around you, I think is yeah. really helpful. Yeah, and to, like you say, to make you think about things differently. And um, I've had a lot of people actually recently say, yeah, my my goal is to, you'll work with me until basically you, what they, what's the terminology? You kind of, you get me out of a job. So they take you so far, give you all the knowledge you what they that you need, that you pay for, and then they're not needed anymore. And I always think to myself, that sounds ridiculous. Why would you do that? Right, um, right. There obviously is a business model in that somewhere, but um, yeah, I think what you did sounds like you did it very smart. So I'm glad right. you've had navigators on your way. Sean sounds like he was instrumental, Keith and, and others. So, um, so in terms of like challenges that you and your team had to solve recently, is there anything specific that um, you want to share, Gary, with our listeners and viewers that maybe they're maybe they're experiencing themselves right now? Yeah, you know the 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 biggest challenge that I have been working on solving. So so in our business, we took a couple pivots, right? We, we went from being primarily a, a service provider to um, you know be, be, being a hosting provider for that platform. 
Um, a few years after that, we got involved with a, a, a new um, platform and began to build our own software a little bit. And so Twine is actually, uh, you know, that, that other venture. Right. And what I began to realize really a few years ago was that my own passion for the business had shifted. Right. Um, you know, we've been doing this a long time. Um, part of my enthusiasm for this was it, it started actually on, on the public education side. I'm a big believer in the importance of, of um, you know, having really strong public schools and, you know, the things that we were doing were really innovative. It was transformative. And I think we still deliver a great product. I think people still get a lot of value out of it. But what I'm finding is that it's not fulfilling the same needs for me that I wanted. Yeah. Um, and part of it is, I think, the way the market has changed and the way that, that you know, the software is getting used. Yeah. But it's also, um, for me, everything has moved online. And I found, particularly through COVID, but even after that, yeah. that we're in this new normal where I'm not seeing people in my work. Yeah. And yeah. I began looking at how I'm spending my time and I'm realizing that while the business is a good business, I'm no longer getting from it what yeah. all the things that I need. Um, and so this has been, it's been a long process. Um, but but the problem that I've been trying to solve, frankly, is like, what what, what do I do if I'm not doing this? Yeah, yeah. Um, so how do you that, get back in front of people? I'm assuming. How do you? Ab absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, that led to to a lot of exploration, a lot of different conversations, um, and and ultimately that is where I landed with uh, Foot Solutions that you mentioned up front. Right. Um, so 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 my solution my my, my solution to that issue right <laughs> is, is being able to step back a little bit from Twine K12 mm -hmm. and Aptiris and launch this new venture, um, which is. Uh, totally new and different. Um, yeah, I've never yeah. done anything in retail before, um, but but I'm really excited about yeah, it. Yeah, it sounds, yeah. I mean, and, and retail is, oh, my days of retail, and this is going back, sorry, and I, this is much slower than what you're doing, but my first job ever was I worked in a shoe shop mm -hmm. um, in Christchurch, um, England, Southern England, you know, providing nice shoes to people. And I absolutely loved it. And I, I was just thinking about what you're saying then, because I know you're you're not doing a shoe shop. I know you're doing something much more significant than that related to feet. But, you know, when it's nice to be in front of people and it's nice to please people and it's nice to see the smile on their face, isn't it? And it's like that interaction, you know, retail, that's what it's about when you're in the store. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and in fact, a, a piece of what we do, we we are a shoe shop. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, we are now. The, yeah. Yeah. The, the way I think of it is, we're really a, a it's a health and wellness um, mm -hmm. opportunity, yeah. and so you know, it, it's a shoe shop. It's a shoe shop with folks that are really well trained, that understand the yeah. biomechanics of your foot, and that can help you know in terms of you're having pain, whether it's your you know, foot or your knees, your hips, yeah. whatever it is, right? And, and looking at what's the cause of that mm -hmm. and how we can really fit, mm -hmm. you know cor correct for it. Yeah. Um. But but yeah, I I, I am. I'm excited to to you know to be face-to-face -face with people, yeah. um, to have that opportunity to still be helping folks out, but in a different way. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, Actually, you're going to be helping them out in a way where, you you know, I mean, pain relief, um, yeah. you know, just so many ways where I'm sure it's going to be very impactful for you to see the impact that you can make on people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I absolutely. It was one I'm of the things that was really yeah. important to me in exploring yeah. You know what, what? What? What might I do next? Yeah. So, just yeah. tell me, how did the idea of feet come? Is it was it like <laughs> okay, I want to do retail, or and this just came? I mean, how did that come about? But I'm mean, just thinking about because there's a lot of people who are struggling still with that 
we're not seeing enough of each other. And I don't know, mm. how, how do you make that determination, the type of sector you were going to go into? Yeah, it, it was not a straight line, for sure. No. Um, you know, it it um, started with some some conversations um, going back probably a year, a year and a half ago. Um, I was talking with somebody, um, another another EO member who uh, has a, a marketing company, had been doing that for many, many years, mm -hmm. and made a decision a few years ago to step back from that. And he opened up actually a candy store. Oh. <laughs> like a couple of them. And he said, and he loves it, right? And he goes in, he's selling candy and soft drinks. Yeah. And, Love candy. Um, <laughs> absolutely, right? I was like, oh, you know, like you could do anything. It was yeah. not unlike Sean, right? It was, it was yeah. this reminder, yeah. like you could do anything in the world. And so um, I, I had a conversation back this past fall um, with uh, uh, John Austinson, mm -hmm. um, oh, yeah. who, whose Good business is helping entrepreneurs, he, yeah. you know, he helps match entrepreneurs to, to franchises. Um, and I wasn't necessarily sure that a franchise was the right thing for me, um, but we talked about it and he gave me some reading materials and mm -hmm. uh, we looked at probably you know, 30 different concepts. And this one jumped out at me far, far and ahead of everything else. Right. And part of it. So but before <laughs> before launching this business, I was um, my degree from from Emory. Uh, that's actually where I graduated is in biology. I went to Emory because I thought it would get get me into medical school, right. um, which which it did actually, but I didn't go right. that route. Right. Um, but I've always had an interest in in health and wellness, right. and so it met that. Um, you know, I'm I, I'm a runner, yeah. and so immediately right when I saw this, like, oh, custom orthotics, yeah. this makes sense. You know, yeah. it's I've. I've dealt with the knee pain and yeah. you know, all the things, plantar fasciitis, all the stuff that goes with that. It's like, okay, this is something that can really make a difference for people. Yeah. Um, and part of the appeal was also just the idea that I could take what I've learned about how to run a business and I could open something up that where I'm not starting as the expert. Right. Right. I've the whole way that Apteris was built it was sort of a textbook example of um, have you read the book, The E Myth? Are you familiar no. with this? It, uh, it, it it talks about how a lot of the way that a lot of businesses get started is that you have somebody that has a skill, right? They have knowledge. They they're 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 an expert in something. Yeah, yeah. So they decide instead of working for somebody else, I'm going to hang out a shingle. Mm -hmm. And then they realize, well, if it's just me, I can only go so far. So I better hire somebody. And right. the first hire is inevitably somebody who you're trying to make sort of a mini me, right? Yeah. You're, you're yeah. trying to. You know, you, you want a generalist that can do all the things that you can do. And then you realize that that doesn't work. And yeah. so businesses that are started by founders who are the, the technical expert grow in a very specific way. Right. And it was my exact experience. If you read the yeah. e-myth, that is how you we grew. Yeah. I love yeah. the idea of now I've got 25 years under my belt of coming in and actually starting a business. Yeah. I don't need to be involved in the day-to-day, -day, but yeah. I can focus on culture, getting the right people in there, making sure that they are trained and that that you know that's all going well, and just focus on you know the, the business aspects of it yeah. rather than being bound up in the day-to-day. -day. So meaning you don't have to be the expert anymore. You can hire the expert, but you yes. can do the bit about the culture and like you say, the recruitment. That's yeah, that's a really how nice, how freeing, making me feel like my shoulders are loosening. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I, I, mean, I need to do that. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the theory. Ask me again in, you know, yeah. in two months. Yeah. No, I love it. And so what advice would you give to somebody else maybe who's also feeling restless? You know, is there any advice you can give to them? Mm. I think, uh, I, you know, the, the most important thing I think is to, to, to reflect. 
Yeah. Right. Think about what what it is, what are the things that that you're finding that are fulfilling in what you're doing right now? And what are the things that if you could let them go, you would. Yeah. Um, yeah. At least that was that was my starting point. Mm-hmm. Right. If I could okay. if I could do this over, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. we can, right? You can you can always do start again. Yeah, you can. Great advice. Lovely. Thank you. So maybe we've answered the next question. What excites you about the future flight? I mean, it sounds like this next challenge you have ahead of you, that's exciting. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That is, yeah. And and the things that we just talked about are a lot of it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I I also, I'm looking forward to learning. Um, There is a ton, you know, again, being in retail, it's going to be a different mindset for sure. Um, but even just learning about, you know, like inventory management, I've never yeah. had to do with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm learning a lot already about real estate and just having to think about different things I'm yeah. finding is, is, is exciting and fun. Yeah. Um, but, but, but more than that, really it's, it's being able to set the direction and, and, and be working with a team again, mm-hmm. uh, where we can hopefully all get aligned and, and be doing good in the world. Yeah. That's great. Now you mentioned Rocket Fuel as a book, um, which I've definitely um, uh, heard of. Um, but is there any other books? Is that you know, is there something you've read recently, which I think, which you think is worth sharing with our our listeners? Yeah, um, you know, there are. So there's a book that I have come back to over and over and over again. It's not a new book, um, and it's not it's not business specific. But there's a book called The Power of Now. Mm-hmm. Um, by a guy named Eckhart Tolle, mm-hmm. and it is it, it, a lot of the concepts would be familiar to to anybody, I think, who has a um, you know a, a meditation practice. Right. Um, but it's really a book about uh, about presence, right? right. About uh, the importance of being intentional mm-hmm. and, and being aware of where you are every moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the kind of book that. Every time I come back around to it, I think probably because I'm in a different part on that journey, there are different parts of it that resonate for me. Right. Hmm. Um, but it was really, it, it was really impactful for me. I think the first time I read it, it was at a point where I really needed to hear that. And I was right. very early on that journey. Right. Um, and so there were certain things that were just sort of practical exercises, ways that you could begin to shift the way that you look at the world, the way that you choose to experience things mm-hmm. um, that had a really, really big impact. Mm-hmm. And each time I've come back around to it, there's been some other piece. It's like, oh, you know, I hadn't thought about that aspect right. of it. Okay, I'm going to have to read that too. So, okay. Yeah, yeah, it was a great, great, great book. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. That's wonderful. Okay, so um, I feel like we have a, we've learned a little bit about you this morning, like the kind of pre-flight before you, before you took off as an entrepreneur, you, obviously you went to Emory, um, and you sound like you wanted to go into medicine, but what what else has shaped? Do you think who you are, Gary, today? I mean, what, and what led you? How did you go from thinking you're going to do medicine to becoming an entrepreneur? What did that leap look like? <laughs> yeah, well, so so you flounder around a bunch, yeah, right, and then and then you land. It, um, you know, I think part of it. My my dad uh, was an entrepreneur when I was growing up. Um, he and his brother had a, a real estate business. Right. Um, so they were developers. They did new construction um, up in in Illinois, where I grew up. Right. Um, and so seeing him running his own business, I think, had an impact. Right. Um, and it wasn't. It it, it it wasn't a big deal. It was just this is what you know, this is what my dad did. He mm-hmm. you know he had this company. Yeah. Um. And so I think that that set the stage for it some. Mm-hmm. Um, I think part of it also was 
my experience at Emory was really positive in a lot of ways, mm -hmm. but there also were things that I saw in terms of what it's like to be a part of a large bureaucratic organization right. that really rubbed me the wrong way. Right. Um, and the idea of working, particularly in a large hierarchy of that sort, um, I, 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 it became pretty clear after I was there a couple of years that that was going to cause a lot of frustration for yeah. me. That yeah. I was going to be pushing back against things and feeling constrained. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it was, it, it was as much, I think, about what I didn't want as being able to say, oh, and if I do this, mm -hmm. then I can have this flexibility and I can set my own path. Yeah, yeah, well, that's great. Well, I think when you see a parent who's an entrepreneur and then you're going off initially down a road where it's very kind of, I mean, being a doctor, I suppose it's extremely there's a method of how you do it, isn't there? And realizing that it sounds like there were no boundaries. People were allowing you to be you. I think sometimes it's, if you, maybe if you see a parent who is a doctor, you feel like you got to stay within those boundaries. So you had maybe more freedom to, to choose what you wanted to do and feel that was okay. Yeah. My, my parents were not thrilled after, after yeah. sending me to four years of memory and, and going through the whole process. Yeah, you're right. The money spent. Said, yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that yeah. was not a fun conversation. Yeah. I might be having, my daughter talks about being a lawyer and if she decided to go through four years of law school and then do something different, yeah, I might be having that same conversation, but right. look where you are now, Gary, and you're getting to make your own choices and that, you know what, I think many of us would sign up to say, you know what, I want to be able to make my own choices in my life and you're for making sure. your own choices. So I'm really excited for you. Well, thank um, you. And, and ultimately my parents have been very supportive. Yeah. I'm sure they have. I'm sure they're really pleased with what you're doing. So if you were to do this all over again, I love this question. If you were to do this all over again, would you do it over again? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and again, in a way I am right. I mean, I've, I've got, you know, this, this one business that is yeah. up and running and um, I'm taking a step back and mm -hmm. kind of starting over with this new business, mm -hmm. um, but, but yeah, absolutely. I love it. And just just tell that, that our listeners that because we didn't really talk too much about that other business, but I think that's an interesting. How do you go create a business for those many years and then be able to step back? Can you talk me through a little bit about how you've managed? I know you're still going through that, but what yeah. does that look like? Right, right. It is the the piece that I have really been focused on, and probably what I'm naturally inclined to, right, is is the the, the integrator side of that visionary integrator mix, yeah. right? And so, as um, as I've been working, as we brought on staff, as we've rolled out new programs, um, I've always been very intentional about making sure that it, everything's documented, that we have a process, right? If we do something once, we need to be able to do it a hundred times, yeah, and um, and it's one of the things that I think, uh, because I was focused on it, I was able to get our staff working on it also. Right. Um, and so being able to step back was, being able to do those handoffs became a lot easier, yeah. right? Because we had the process. Yeah, the process in place. Mm. Yeah. yeah. A lot to be said for that. Yeah, definitely. So have you ever done EOS? Did that come from that? that it, it, it didn't. Um, okay. And so I've, I've explored EOS at, at kind of a surface level. Yeah. And actually one of the things that I want to do as I'm gearing up for this new business is really get get in deep yeah. um, with EOS. Yeah. Because yeah. When, when I've talked about that before, that's always a question that comes back. Yeah. Um, and so I know 
you know, I know a little bit about, you know, the, the, the L10 meetings. And, yes, and we've seen it, haven't we, in our EO group. It looks right, very, yes. It's yeah. very strict. It's like there's a way to do a meeting, but right. very efficient, very efficient. Yes, yes. Yeah. But, but, but I'm all about it. It's, yeah. um, you know, when knowing that there is a way, and, and maybe this is part of what appealed to me about, about the franchise opportunity, mm-hmm. right? Because, um, yes, it's your own business, but they're giving you a playbook, That's true. right? And yeah. so you don't have quite as much freedom, yeah. but, but you also have sort of these guidelines. Yeah. That's um, nice. and, and, and I've always loved when I found a good playbook that works, mm-hmm. I've always been really, really excited about it. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, uh, again, a book I read a while ago, um, called top grading that basically was a playbook for hiring. Right. And when I started right. using it, I started doing a much better job of finding right. people that were aligned right. with the company, right? Like the hiring yeah. got so much better. It was like, well, yeah. why would I not use this playbook if somebody's done the work? Exactly. There's a lot to be said for people who write books and create playbooks. And yeah, we should, we need to read them and listen to them and learn from them rather than recreating all the time. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So what do you do outside of work, Gary? What does that look like? Well, sure. I know you, you run. We know you run. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, yeah, I try to keep running. Um, it's, and, and for me, that is, it, 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 it's so important. It's, it, it's meditative. It's where I process yeah. stuff. It's yeah. like that, that is, that, that's where I just, I let my brain wander, right? Mm-hmm. It's where I new ideas come from or I just, I if I, if I don't run a few times a week, yeah. um, I'm grumpy. So that's, but yeah, yeah, getting out, moving and being outdoors is awesome. Yeah. Um, I am uh, married. My wife and I are, will be celebrating our 28th anniversary this year. Yeah. Um, and we have yeah. a daughter who's in her first year in college. So right. um, a lot of family time, although we are now um, relearning what it is to, you know, to, to empty be nesters. Empty <laughs> nesters, exactly, which is kind of fun. We yeah. spontaneously went for dinner the other night and it, wow. was, it was wonderful. Things you was can great. do without children. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I love my daughter, but I also yeah. love that she's, you know, be- becoming independent. So that's great. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, things that, that, so, you know, things that we enjoy doing together. Um, we love live music, um, yeah. going out to concerts, particularly some of the small venues around Atlanta. Yeah. We yeah. enjoy. Yeah. Um, we're scuba divers. Uh, so anytime we can get I didn't to know that about you. Okay. I'm writing yeah. that down. Okay. No, Absolutely. I'm a scuba di- well, kind of scuba diver. I'm a nervous scuba diver. Oh, okay. How does that make sense? Well, I have a husband who's a dive master. Okay. So I'm the lady which, you know, 20 years, 21 years ago, when we got married, said, okay, on our honeymoon, I will also learn to scuba dive. And so I did it for him and I love it. But every time I go down, I'm nervous. So uh, yeah, uh, I'm just a nervous scuba diver. But when I'm down there, it's incredible. It's magical. Yes. It is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's good. You do lots of great things. I love that. Thank you. Um, so, uh, Gary, where can people connect with you if they want to reach out to you, ask you a question? Absolutely. So, um, you know, it's funny as as I spent twenty five years right with technologies to help people connect, and I'm really not an enthusiast about social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can have I'm a whole conversation more, about more that lately. sometime. Yeah, but um, but but I am on LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, but what I would say is where I'd love to connect is. Find me on LinkedIn, but but give yeah. me a call and let's go out. Let's yeah. grab a coffee or breakfast or go out for drinks or go for a hike or yeah. you know whatever it is. Go catch a concert. Um, but I I'd rather see people in real life. Yes, that's playing to exactly why you're making these changes in your life. So um, I love that. And you know what? I'm hearing it more and more. People, entrepreneurs who've been in the business for a while, 
of finding social media. And I'm going through that same thing myself right now. So I hear you. I hear you. So, um, well, this has been such a great conversation. I want to thank you so much, Gary, for joining us today and sharing what's going on in your life, the changes you're making. And I know it's been it's been interesting for me to hear and educational. So I appreciate that. Well, thank you, sir. It's really been been fun talking with you and I appreciate you having me on. You're very welcome. Thank you to our audience. If you learned something today, maybe we shared something with you that, you know, sparked an idea, made you realize that anything is possible. Maybe we made you laugh. Um, please tell someone about this podcast. We really appreciate that. Uh, thank you, Gary, again. And thank you. This has been an another exciting episode of EO Atlantis Taking Flight. I look forward to seeing you all next time. And so that wraps up another episode. Thank you for joining. For show notes and other episodes, visit us at takingflight.live. For more information about EO Atlanta, visit eoatlanta.org. Special thanks to the following sponsors.